0: Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season. Before I share today's message, I want to take a moment to remind you that Something Good is supported 100% by listeners like you. Your prayers and financial gifts keep the broadcast airing all year round on radio and online, and we continue to see people come to faith in Christ as a result. All of us here at Something Good Radio understand how difficult the past few years have been for so many people. Lost jobs, financial stress, social and political unrest. One thing you can do to help hurting people find the hope they're looking for is to prayerfully consider sending a special year-end tax-deductible gift to Something Good Radio, and do this before December 31st. It's during times of adversity in this life when people begin to seek answers about the next life. Many will be doing that for the first time in the days and weeks ahead. And that's why I'm asking for your help. Because I want to be there to help answer those questions from God's holy word, both now and in the years ahead. Thank you for listening, and please know how grateful I am for your prayers and financial support.
1: Some are absent, others are violent. Some try hard but fail all too often. But there's one father who never fails. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Well, it's no secret that we have a fatherhood problem here in America. One that often leads to a host of other societal issues. But Ron has some good news for us today. God has promised to be a father to the fatherless. He's a good father. A perfect father, and best of all, he's an everlasting father. Stay with us now as Ron continues his teaching series, Knowing God by His Christmas Names, or stop by SomethingGoodRadio.org anytime to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's SomethingGoodRadio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, Everlasting Father.
0: Well, we have been getting to know uh, God by his Christmas names. Uh, A study of the names of God throughout the Bible is uh, immensely meaningful, but especially his Christmas names. Uh, we started with this prophecy found in the book of Isaiah, which was written nearly 800 years, seven to 800 years before the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. So far we have learned that his name is um, Wonderful Counselor. We said that had to do with his wisdom. Um, mighty God, that this has to do with his power. But um, today, uh, Isaiah's prophecy goes on to, to say his name shall be called Everlasting Father. I I see this as having to do with how he relates to us. Uh, Somebody said to me this week, uh, what's the next name we're looking at, Pastor? And I said, well, Everlasting Father. And they said, oh, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. I beg to differ. (laughs) After studying this name, Everlasting Father, well, uh, the name takes us into the deep end of theology before it becomes practical and meaningful to us at Christmas. Uh, the name also clashes with our present culture. Uh, I don't want to spoil anybody's Christmas celebration, but you know, I, I never want to open up God's Word and teach God's Word and sound like I'm tone deaf to what's going on in our culture, but I, I, I almost assume that somebody might hear the name Everlasting Father and say, oh, but pastor, in the spirit of inclusiveness... In the spirit of diversity, can we not also call him our everlasting mother? And the short answer is no. And there are many reasons why, but uh, let, let me just explain theologically why. God reveals himself in the scripture to his friends through the male gender. He is our heavenly father. Jesus even taught us to pray to our Father who art in heaven. I remember years ago, the uh, seminary where I earned my my doctoral degree, there was a time when there was somebody on the faculty who prayed to our mother who art in heaven. That person is no longer on the faculty of that seminary. But that was a time when the seminary was not, uh, let's say, biblical and conservative in in its orientation. Now, does the fact that the Bible teaches us and Jesus teaches us to pray to our Father who art in heaven, does this mean God is misogynist? Does he hate women? No, that's a a ridiculous notion, especially given that he created us in his image, the Bible says, male and female. And he did so such that men and women are created in his image equally. But then someone might ask, does the fatherhood of God Uh, merely represent the cultural biases of the time in which the Bible was written? Do we need to update the Bible in a way that reflects uh, not a patriarchal system, but egalitarianism? And in a way that embraces today's sudden belief, and that's what I call it in terms of history. It's the sudden belief in gender fluidity. Well, the absurdity of that idea reflects a significant misunderstanding, if not an intentional neglect of history, biology, (laughs) and theology. And I will leave the discussion about uh, history and biology for another time, but my role as a pastor is to help us understand this name, Everlasting Father, uh, theologically. Uh, The Bible's creation story reaches an apex in the creation of human beings. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, as I already alluded to, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, despite the strong cultural pressures to think otherwise, there is no reason for us Historically, biologically, and certainly theologically to depart from a binary understanding of our humanity, male and female. Besides, when it comes to gender, when it comes to gender in the Bible, theology mirrors biology. Let me say that again. When it comes to gender in the Bible, in the Bible theology, our understanding of who God is and how he reveals himself to us and how he operates in this world, theology mirrors biology. And with as much sensitivity as I can, let me explain what I mean. Just as the male gender is anatomically built to initiate sexual intercourse, so the female body, as God created it, is anatomically built to receive. And so, theologically, grace, hear me on this, grace is God's male initiation. And faith... Is female response. Now, the first time I heard this insightful theological observation being made, I heard it from Elizabeth Elliot, uh, the wife of Jim Elliott, the, the famous uh, uh, missionary who was slain in South America. Elizabeth went on to point out how the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Because God initiates A relationship with us by his grace, by his generous and loving disposition. Therefore, he presents himself as an everlasting father, not an everlasting mother. Thus, I say, don't mess with gender. (laughs) You've heard me say, don't mess with marriage because when we mess with marriage, there are all kinds of theological and gospel implications to that. Well, don't mess with gender, because when we mess with gender in the spirit of inclusiveness and diversity, we mess with more than just our biology and our identity. We mess with the meaning of salvation. For by grace, God's initiation toward us, and through faith, our female response, you have been saved. We also mess with Christmas as God intended to communicate it to us. He is our everlasting Father. Because in the understanding of gender, all the way back to Genesis, Father and male is is initiation. And make no mistake about it, at Christmas time, He left heaven and came to earth. He initiated the relationship. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Eugene Peterson says, He moved into the neighborhood. He initiated a relationship with you and with me at Christmas time. This is why He is our everlasting Father. And we dare not uh, mess with that. Now, the name Everlasting Father also presents another theological quandary, and I'm just kind of getting some cultural and theological things out of the way before we get immensely practical about what this name means to us at Christmas time and how it makes Christmas even more meaningful. Another quandary that, uh, that it presents, another question is, how is Jesus, in Isaiah's prophecy, both a son and an everlasting father? Remember the prophecy says to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Everlasting Father. How is Jesus, whom this prophecy is about, the Messiah, both a son and a father? Is Isaiah confused, or must we clarify his understanding? Well, let's choose the latter. One way to clarify any confusion is to see that Isaiah is not uh, blending notions of the promised Messiah with the first person of the Holy Trinity, namely God the Father. I don't think Isaiah had the Trinity in mind in any way, shape, or form here. Secondarily, as New Testament believers, we, we understand the full expression and revelation of God as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all the orthodox theology around the Trinity. We understand that and we kind of back that into Isaiah's prophecy. But Isaiah merely points us to the Messiah's character and to his relationship to us, not the Messiah's role within the Godhead. In other words, I think what he's saying by calling him everlasting father is that this child will grow up and relate to us. He'll relate to us in a fatherly manner, which we'll discuss a little bit later. But we wanna be um, careful and respectful around the whole uh, theology of the Trinity and certainly not uh, call the Son uh, the same as the Father or the Holy Spirit. Remember when we were talking about wonderful counselor, I said it reminds us of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our counselor. Well, likewise, Everlasting Father reminds us of God the Father, but this is a Son who was given to us, and so secondarily in our understanding of this prophecy are some allusions to the Holy Trinity, and we just need to acknowledge that and be careful with that, making sure we don't slide into uh, uh, some, let's just say some early church heresies around the understanding uh, of the Holy Trinity.
1: Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Everlasting Father. New to the Something Good Radio program? If so, we'd like you to know we archive all of Ron's messages at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club a special group of people who partner with Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the media ministry of Something Good. Join the 828 Club from our website or call us at 757-276-1099. That's 757-276-1099. Even the most well-meaning fathers will sometimes fall short. And one of the reasons Jesus came is to bridge that gap, to show us what a perfect father looks like. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Everlasting Father.
0: That said, let's talk about our Everlasting Father. Let's emphasize the, 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 the father in this name. And let's explore the uh, realities of this name and the deep meaning it has for us at Christmas. To say his name Shall be called everlasting father, suggests that when this promised child grows up, he will relate to us in a fatherly manner. In other words, we might call him the fatherly son. I wrote that down this week. He's a fatherly son to us. Now, there is no term of endearment that evokes more emotion in us at any time of the year, but perhaps uh, more so at Christmas time than the term father. When we say or think the word father, we immediately associate it with all kinds of memories and images of our own earthly father. Sometimes those memories are positive. Sometimes they are negative. Because there are no perfect earthly fathers, uh, even at best, our memories and even our present experiences with our earthly father, uh, well, they're mixed. And maybe this Christmas you feel a sense of loss because your earthly father is no longer with you. Or maybe um, your deep longings for a good father have gone unmet. And so the idea of an everlasting father initially is not a positive thing for you. You're struggling with some emotions there. Furthermore, did you know that across America today, approximately 18.3 million children will experience Christmas without a father in the home? That is one in four children in America are fatherless. And those are recent statistics. Sadly, this makes America uh, having the highest rate of children living in single-parent households of any nation in the world. Fatherlessness, friends, in America has become an urgent social crisis. And really is the... uh, a source pool of many, many struggles and difficulties that we have in our culture today. However, Christmas brings good news of great joy. Didn't the angel say this? Good news of great joy. And part of that good news of great joy is that an everlasting father was born in Bethlehem. Let me say that again. An everlasting father, a child that was born, a son that was given to us, His name shall be called Everlasting Father was born in Bethlehem. His name is Jesus, and he came to save his people from their sins, the angel tells us. But he also promises to be a father to the fatherless. Uh, You might want to write down uh, Psalm chapter 68 and verse 6. All of that to say that Jesus is more than everything you ever dreamed a father could be. And he is also everything you ever wanted from your earthly father. What do you expect a good, good father, not to mention an everlasting father, to do? Well, first of all, our everlasting father provides for his children. Wouldn't that be a place to start? A father is a provider. He provides for his kids. Now, Santa asks, what do you want for Christmas, right? Almost inviting us to self-indulge. What do you want? Oh, my list of wants are like this. But Jesus, our everlasting Father, asks us, what do you need? And and there's a a world of difference between our wants and our needs and our greeds, right? Now, sometimes a good father doesn't give his child everything that he or she wants or wants to indulge himself in. But our everlasting Father provides for his children. The Apostle Paul reminded the Philippians, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's one thing to say, I'll provide for you, but I don't have the means to provide. But our Everlasting Father has more than enough means. He, He supplies every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What that says to me is that our Everlasting Father has a supply chain that never runs out. He has warehouses packed with just what you need this Christmas. And out of the abundance of that supply, he provides for his children, as any good father would do. Number two, our Everlasting Father also protects his children we only need to look back into the Christmas story and into Matthew's account for a reminder here. You might remember that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and warned Herod, warned him rather of Herod's murderous intent. Matthew 2 and verse 13, rise, the angel said, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. This is that part of Christmas that we don't really want to read with our, you know, smallest of kids around the Christmas tree. The Holocaust that took place. When Herod, this jealous king, was threatened by news that a king had been born in Bethlehem. And he went on to murder every child under the age of two. I call it the dark side of Christmas. But the angel warned Joseph, and Joseph, who stepped into that earthly role as a father to Jesus, protected them. I I picture him waking Mary and baby Jesus up in the middle of the night saying, we gotta go, and they did. Never doubt the everlasting Father's ability or his desire to protect you. Child of God. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So, our everlasting Father, He provides for His children. He protects His children, as any good father would do. And thirdly, we might say that our everlasting Father prays for His children. Uh, Consider the intercessory prayer ministry of Jesus, which we don't often talk about, but let's just start in his earthly ministry he prayed for his disciples and us in john chapter 17 are you familiar with that i call it the real lord's prayer there was a model prayer by which he taught his disciples to pray we we call that the lord's prayer but john chapter 17 comes at the tail end of a section of scripture known as the upper room discourse the time when jesus was with his disciples in the upper room just hours before the crucifixion and uh, amidst the intimate conversation they, they had together and uh, the teaching that Jesus did and uh, the Passover meal that they enjoyed together, Jesus prayed for his disciples. And if you read that prayer, John chapter 17 carefully, he prayed for his disciples then and
1: us. We think of Jesus as our Lord our Savior, even our Friend. But He is also our Everlasting Father who provides for us, protects us, and prays for us without ceasing. Be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to any of Ron's messages on demand. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, take a look at a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good courses at the top of the homepage.
0: Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, Did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry.
1: So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. When you partner with us here at Something Good, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, look for the Partners tab at the top of the homepage at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757 757- 276 1099. And if you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to the ministry, Ron would love to send you his brand new book, The Jesus Way to Pray An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Order your copy for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with friends this Christmas by requesting a two pack for $50, a four pack for $75, or an eight pack for a donation of $150 or more. That's The Jesus Way to Pray. An intimate journey through the Lord's Prayer.
0: The fact that our everlasting God has always existed is part of what makes Him God, and part of what makes Him worthy of our worship this Christmas. If He was just another human being like you and me that had a beginning in Bethlehem and an ending on Mount Calvary, why worship Him? But no, His name shall be called, not just Father, but Everlasting
1: Father. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, Everlasting Father. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.